The plunge is always scary, but taking it always pays off. So without succumbing to fear, let's dive in. All right. We're live. We're, we we're back. We're not live. We're back. Well, I'm back. I'm in the original room right now. I'm in a standard room that we've been in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, you know, running an experiment this episode. We are not in the same room. We're not in person. We're recording over the internet. True. People have said, I've heard people say that you end up having better podcast recordings this way because we can't rely on uh, physical body language. And so it's all about our conversation and the audio. Right. We also can't speak over each other, so we'll have to be more patient. Yeah, that's probably useful as well. So the audience is uh, really excited to hear about Bert's latest foray into extended fasting. Oh, yes. I, I forgot that was even a significant thing. I don't know if I would call it an extended foray. It was only uh, three days. Only three days. People, for clarification, need to be told that it's not Ramadan style. You don't eat each night. You do not eat each night. It was a 66 hours, to be precise, so not quite three days. 66 hours of fasting. I drank water. I had tea. I had uh, sodium in the form of uh, soup broth that was, uh, you know, carbless and oilless and proteinless, obviously. So I was just having soup broth uh, for sodium. I had magnesium supplements. And that was all I consumed for three days. And how did you feel? I felt uh, I felt pretty good. So I felt myself entering a deeper state of ketosis. You know, when you like hit that really deep state of ketosis, you could feel it. So yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's like vibrating energy kind of thing. Okay, so I felt that I knew I was in deep ketosis. Uh, my workouts in the gym, very good. Although I don't do uh, endurance related workouts. So maybe that would be different. Like if I was doing cardio, uh, extended, you know, uh, long interval cardio, I guess that better than I, usual. I wasn't even doing that, but the lifts were, yeah, yeah, they were better than usual. And I don't know if it's cause I was more energetic or cause if I was in a better mental state. And so I was just able to get into the zone better, but my workouts, my lifts were better than usual. Were you having tea or caffeine or none? Um, I don't, I wasn't having significant caffeine before the workouts. Uh, not that I recall, at least maybe I had green tea, but I don't think so. Um, mm. So that was that. Uh, I don't know. I guess, I don't know if that was that. Any other questions? My yeah, I don't know. What was, what was it like? Yeah, your mood. Okay. My mood was good. At the deeper the fast went, the more I got like a little more upbeat, carefree. I don't know what it was. Uh, you know, almost like my mental state was altered, like very slightly by a drug to just make me cheery. Um, really? Yeah. You're feeling exuberant? I noticed that like in interactions with my friends, like I was a little more quippy, joking around more. Uh, so that was, that was uh, an interesting effect. I don't know if that was the fast or something else. Uh, weren't at all cranky or headachey? Definitely not cranky or headachey, but that was due to me entering the fast from ketosis. So definitely not headachey. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought of food a decent amount. I sort of almost understood the girls just scrolling through recipes on Instagram. I did some research on recipes. I got a bunch of keto recipes for when I came out. Now my cooking has really stepped up a level. Uh, wow. In the street, I would really... Uh, take pleasure in in smelling the food coming from the from the food carts. It's like wow, that's delicious. Uh, but other than that, oh, this was an interesting effect, and I don't I don't know what this was from. Like I wonder if it was from the fast or if it was from me just getting back uh, 
from the weekend, which usually distracts me when I'm home for the weekend and then uh, back in my apartment. So I was distracted very easily. It seemed more distractible. Like, like my mind was very jumpy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know what that was from. That was that was also interesting. Like jitteryish, I felt like towards the ends of even just the day of fasting. Is that? How yeah, you yeah. Maybe it? my mind was a little jittery. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, not in an uncomfortable way, though. Like in a in an eager way. Like, oh, let me look that up. But or oh, let me think about this. But uh, you know, obviously not so useful for for productivity. Did you decide before the fast that it would be three days? Was, was that a? I actually didn't. Which makes it surprising that I hit three days. Uh, but huh. I like in the first day of the fast, I didn't really have a goal, and then within the first day, I said I'm going to do three days. Right. So like, you, I had one day this week. I fasted till seven. So like, just deciding then to continue. Yeah. Well, today I'm I'm doing a 24 hour fast just because it's such a busy day. Uh, right. So. I, you know, I ate dinner last night and I'm not going to eat till dinner again today. I don't know if I'd really even consider that a fast. Right. That's what I did at 24. Those are not difficult. No. And no. you'd be, to extend, it's not so difficult. You go to sleep and then by tomorrow morning, you're used to the feeling of, of having an empty stomach. Did you get, lose a lot of weight? Did you weigh yourself? Nah, I don't think I lost any weight. <laughs> really? Did you make up the calories after? Like, did you eat like three thousand calories? Definitely not. Days after? Definitely not. I ended. I ended the day. Uh, I ended the fast at like five p.m. So I didn't have that much time to left to eat in the day. I ate two thousand calories, and then the next day back to my usual caloric consumption. So I'm sure I did lose some weight in the process, but. In the immediate fluctuations on the scale, I didn't notice anything significant. Right. So I think the people thing that people uh, ask most frequently when they hear about this is, what's the point of this? This is not healthy. How could this be healthy? So, one, the point of it is really, you know, having fun experimentation or learning the body. But That's what I said exactly. Experiments. We're scientists. But there is reason to think that this may be healthy. And that is why it's a it's a it's a worthy experiment. Right. Right. Like the scientists don't experiment on anything. They have a hypothesis first. So there there's plenty of reason uh, to think that this might be beneficial. Uh, one of them is autophagy. Right. So they there's autophagy is when the body starts uh, consuming itself. And that sounds horrible. But really what it is, is the body is starts metabolizing the stuff in it that's not efficient, right? It starts, if I'm going to eat myself, it's, I'm going to start with the dead weight, the least efficient stuff, right? So like the obvious thing is metabolizing fat, which is just useful, uh, useless energy stores. But this happens on a, it might happen when you fast on a cellular level as well. So the body just getting rid of anything that's, that's uh, less efficient or less necessary. Right. So we're thinking of like, uh... Uh, pruning of your uh, of your weakest cells, and then you're going to allow all the strong ones to reproduce. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, so, it's, do you feel like in the days that followed the fast, there was a reproduction where your body was uh, rebuilding stuff that had been broken down in the days in those three days? Not quite, but I wouldn't expect to to feel that if it were happening. It would be on a but, level that we don't usually feel. Right. Well, I guess the reason that I ask that is because there's no way you, you're doing an experiment, but you have no way of really monitoring besides for just the way that you feel, um, yeah. you know, if it was good or not. Yeah. So we, we can't actually measure the health effects, but if it might be healthy and it has interesting mental effects, then sure. There are also people that say, you know, there are claims that it actually, you know, has a beneficial effect on your mental state, both during the fast and after the fast. Have you noticed that? I don't know. There's, there's too many uh, free variables. I am right. uh, planning to do at one point a seven-day fast, and then I'll have more time during the fast definitely to uh, notice effects. And then maybe effects after the fast, uh, you know, 
even though I still would be uncomfortable completely attributing them to the fast, uh, I'd be more comfortable attributing them. Seven-day fast. fast you're planning to do. Yeah, eventually. That's crazy. Are you going to do it at a meditation retreat or it's too much? <laughs> I think it's too much. Right. But I, but I did think about that. I think Could it's it not feel similar to the meditation. meditation retreat. Well, I feel like they they would be fine with it. Yeah, they might be. Uh, did it feel similar? Yeah, in terms of like being deprived kind of feeling. Yeah, in a way. I didn't feel so deprived because once I, I sort of like once I set three days, okay, I'm doing three days. But you know, you say I was, one day was the hardest. The first day was the hardest, probably. Yeah. No, I was saying one, like one of the days, or it was there a particular one that you would say was oh, the hardest. I would think. I would think the first day, although it's not even that hard the first day. I don't know. I don't, maybe so. No day was was particularly uh, hard. Right. Crazy. And your energy levels felt smooth if a little bit turbulent not, yeah well the energy levels weren't turbulent my energy levels were fantastic very high very high the uh -huh. my focus was my uh you know that the area of my focus not was was a uh, you know very volatile right did you meditate while uh in the past of course yeah i, uh -huh. I meditate every day uh, right. How is that? The uh, meditations on the fast. I didn't even. I don't even know if I connected the two together. I think they were fine. I don't know if they were particularly good in general. Lately, I noticed. I think, and maybe this is just because I'm achieving. Uh, I'm noticing my thoughts more, but I'm noticing that I'm distracted more during meditation. Yeah, me too. I was going to say that. I feel like I've been terrible at meditation. I think it's an improvement. I think it's just that we're now more aware of the thoughts that we have. They, they were always there. We just didn't realize. I don't know. I feel like I've been getting lost in thought more, though. I don't know. I don't feel like I've been doing a particularly good job with it. Uh-huh. I, I remember I Sam. So you got Go ahead. Yeah, I remember what Sam said that uh, you're noticing it. That's the an improvement. He told um, the he told the story about it. Yeah, what did he say? That he, there he was at a meditation retreat, and some guy first got there, and uh, the the uh, you know instructor asked him early on how's the meditation going. He said, "Great, you know, I could go uh, five minutes without having any thoughts. It's fantastic." And the instructor said, really? OK, very interesting. And then, you know, later on in the retreat, the guy's talking to the instructor and uh, the, he and the, he, the instructor asks him again, you know, and he says, I realized that I have a thought, uh, you know, I can't even go a breath without a thought. Right. And he said that's an improvement. Yeah, so I don't know. I've been noticing that also. I don't know if it's because I don't have a plan of what I plan to do. Like sometimes I'll do body scans. Sometimes I just try to like just be present to anything, you know, so I just don't even know what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I'd imagine it's useful before you start meditating to set out a purpose for the, right. just for the session. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that's been weird. I'm still doing it. I do, you know, anywhere between 23 and 30 minutes a day. Um, wow. Maybe I should, maybe I should be doing more. I don't know. the The shortcut has been great. I wake up. I don't touch my phone. I just say, "Hey Siri, I'm ready," and then uh, he runs my shortcut, and uh, and then that's been pretty good. And then I've been doing my exercise. I'm trying to get more into the lifting again. I really noticed with the working out that without the uh, tangible way to measure uh, my progress, like uh, weightlifting gives me just because there's the, the numbers and the lifting and then also the way that my body looks, it's very hard for me to stay motivated. Uh, so you need the vein uh, scorecard. Yeah, I do. 
like the yoga, I don't know what kind of progress I'm making. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea. I guess well, that's how know, I'm feeling with the meditation also, that it's very hard for me to gauge that I'm making any progress. So I'll start with the yoga. From doing the yoga, you don't feel yourself developing strength and flexibility? I probably, I'm able to do the poses better probably. And, you know, I don't know. Because with, with, at least with lifting, like it's not just the numbers and the way, and the way I look, I feel over time that my body is getting significantly stronger. Maybe your body changes physically a lot. I don't know, Sarah, uh, Big Bird said that I'm, uh, I've been a bit more hippie with my dancing lately. I stopped doing yoga for like a week. And before when I was doing it, I was very hippie and now my hips are back to activated. So maybe that's a symptom of my yoga. <laughs> it's funny. Very I'll just like while speaking, start flapping my hips. It's <laughs> very uh, funny. Yeah, like, and, and you don't get any, and I'll flap my hips. Flap your hips. <laughs> With meditation, also, I I think that you can notice the effects. I definitely notice the effects from meditating. Right. Like, yeah, you know, I think so I noticed them. And then I think now that's the new baseline, though. I haven't been noticing continued heightened effects. Well, maybe you notice more frequently, right? You notice you, you become more aware on more occasions. Right. I think that that's something I should focus on in general, just having more moments of awareness. Yeah. I know now it's like the other day uh, someone complimented me and my body just, I felt the sensations. Oh, they started soaring. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, wow. You know, I felt fantastic. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I was, I noticed that, you know, this feeling was, uh, you know, that I, 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 my body, the sensations in my body changed significantly because of what this person said. Um, and right. that I was kind of amused at, you know, how, how much that, uh, you know, made my ego feel good. Right. So that's a moment of awareness that you feel like you wouldn't have been able to notice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, so that I, I've been thinking a lot about measuring things. Uh, I listened to a, another, uh, I was listening to somebody else, this new guy I got into Milet, some guy on YouTube, I found him from some channel or other. Um, and he's saying that the more frequently you measure things, the better you'll get at them. So like he's saying, you know, some people measure their progress only at the year mark, some people every month, some people every day. Um, he tries to set up a system where he measures his progress every hour. And he was also saying that he divides every day into three days. So he considers from 6 a.m. or from, yeah, 6 a.m. No, yeah, from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. one day, from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. day two, and from 6 p.m. to, to uh, midnight day three. And he tries to accomplish 900 days worth of things in his, in his days. That's crazy. I don't, I don't know if I think that's uh, beneficial. I actually think it could, not the day division, but measuring yourself more frequently. I think at some point it becomes prohibitive because you're not willing to take risks that are going to cause temporary uh, decreases in the measurements that, but that are in the long run going to you know, help you. So let's say I need to change no, well, my Well, that's form. just a flaw in your, right. Well, that's a flaw in your measuring system. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can't measure it. Mm -hmm. It's that if whatever metrics you use to measure only uh, evaluate short term then, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, it might be uh, very hard or impossible to find good uh, metrics to consistently measure, ourse measure ourselves against frequently. Right, so the exciting development on the health front was the uh, the doctors that I found. I'm excited about that. I feel like if you were doing the fast and then you were also going in all three days to do blood work, that could be really eye opening. Opening now. Yeah, it could be eye opening, and in those, but even in those cases, like we, you know, what are the measurements that that we want? You, it's not. You would just look at the numbers and then just start asking why are they different. Uh huh. 
Yeah, that's interesting. It's just patterns. So basically yeah. for the, the listeners, I've been saying for a long time that doctors suck. I don't know if we did we rail on oh, doctors on here. Saying, yeah. I don't know did if we, we railed I, on them on here. They're terrible. They don't first of all, they don't know anything. Second of all, you only go if you have an issue. The insurance, they have no incentive to give you time outside of the office, the whole nine yards. So I recently uh I didn't find that Instagram realized that I was the kind of person who would appreciate um, this doctor service where you pay a monthly subscription and you get to go unlimited times and they run blood work. They give you the blood, the results on the spot. They encourage you to do projects like the ones that we're discussing, ketosis, fasting. I mean, you get nonstop access to your data. Um, they're pulling data from your Apple Watch and your smart devices, and they're utilizing that to help you analyze your sleep or whatever projects you want to work on, mindfulness, you know, the, the sky's the limit. And uh, you have now someone trained in science and medicine who's going to help you evaluate all this data. So I signed up for it, and I signed uh, Bird up for it. So hopefully uh, if we start going to that and we start having data, we could have things to discuss, which could be really cool. Yeah, it, it could be really exciting. Uh, basically, the, the difference we want is just that these doctors be scientists like they're supposed to be. Um, right. And explore and, and question and, you know, really just care about the, like trying to find more information and understanding rather than just following an instruction manual. So you an go in and take multiple blood tests. Right, you go and you take blood tests, you see differing numbers. Why are they different? And now you can start asking questions. What does it mean that they're different? And I think having access to that numbers will, will uh, force us to get even more into science um, and to gain more understanding about what all these metrics mean and, you know, just such so many metrics to evaluate our progress in health. And it will force us to take our health more seriously. Yeah, so I think it could be a home run. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, so we'll we'll definitely keep you posted on that um, if that becomes a, an interesting thing. Um, so on, on that same path and in line with a lot of the conversations we've been having also, so Instagram gives me this doc. They're great. So Instagram's great. So they, their one ad is good. And and the, the more you engage with the ads, the more they give you because they start to gain confidence that they know who you are and they just know exactly who I am. They're feeding me one good item after the next. So now I just go on Instagram just to look at the ads. Really? That's great. I, I love them. And I send, so I send Big Bird a picture of some knapsack that has like 15 pockets, one for an iPad, all little pouches, which I've been saying I need, you know? And of course, they know that I need it somehow. And, uh, and I just send Big Bird the link to the website. And she goes, get off Instagram, kid. And I was like, how do you even know? But I also just said, the algorithms just get me. I don't know. Yeah, so I, just get me. I feel that way about uh, you, uh, Facebook. I used to feel that way. I don't use Facebook anymore. But I just realized that like, I can't even notice when there's an ad in my, in my feed. Like, I just view it as like, oh, that's a cool post. I don't even realize it's an advertisement. I, just, I like I'm, my ads better than the advertisement. <laughs> I like my ads better than the content. Yeah. Are you going to unfollow everyone and then just go through your feed of pure advertisements? I'm considering. I love it. They just get me. I, it's crazy. It, they just know what I like. They know what I'm going to like. So yeah. Big Bird was saying that somehow she uh, once engaged with some maternity content. And now they have her pegged as someone who's... Uh, pregnant or something i don't know and they're bombarding her feed with that stuff so i was like so scared because imagine how alienating it must feel for the algorithm not to get you like what if one day it doesn't get me anymore the one person who did get me mm -hmm. so i was, yeah. I was getting filled with despair it's funny it is it kind of uh uncomfortable in a way that it does get you because it's sort of just saying the way it gets you is by comparing you to other people. And if it I'm gets a mold. you, yeah, if it gets you, it means that you, you're a mold. Which is obvious. Which we've already, you've already accepted. Okay. Yeah, we so know some that's people that might having, be unsettling. That's why we're having this podcast, though, because there are not everyone would like listening to this. No. You know, very few people would like listening to it, but 
the people that do like listening to it, like listening to it, you know, and, and that they're just cut from that cloth. And it's like, so people are more people are approaching me that they're listening and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, it's, it's just weird. It just means that there's something in us that's similar. It's like a crazy thing to to hear, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it's unsettling at all, but I could see people being unsettled by the fact that they're, there's just like this, you know, proof in front of them that they're a mold. Well, they're making pro good products. I'm finally excited again about the state of uh, commerce. <laughs> yeah, they, now that they finally found a way to reach you, they could actually make good products. Right. Now that they finally found, and it's 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 encouraging. Like you could really make something that it, it's basically like make something that you would like, and then the computer will be able to find you. I don't know how they do it though. Like how you tell them who to do it to. I guess they test it and then they just know. Like, does it go by a category? I, I want to pay them to advertise anything that I do. I don't know. Yeah, and they, they run continuous tests. They say, okay, we're, we're advertising to this market and we get X percent, uh, you know, click rate. And what if we change the demographic slightly? How does that affect the click rate? And so they could constantly refine uh, the demographic that they're, that they're uh, advertising to. Yeah, it's the bottom line. It's really good stuff, and uh, it's exciting. I don't know. I've re actually been excited. I'm, I'm excited that they're able to do it. I'm excited. They're hitting me with good stuff. Also, I, someone was mentioning this about the algorithms that, like, you know, they watch what they watch on Netflix, and Netflix recommends them things based on on who they think they are. And the person is like so upset that <laughs> they keep getting trashy recommendations. You know, so like. I just want to know what do I have to watch to be the kind of person that they recommend Roma to? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. 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 So like I'm proud of the things they're recommending to me, you know? I'm like, okay, look, you know, this is this is who I am. I'm happy Netflix, about it. Netflix recommends you good things though, or just no, Instagram? Not, not Netflix, Instagram. Yeah, I think Netflix recommends me trash also, but I don't know if that's reflective of who I am or their bad algorithm. I never watch what they recommend me. Right. So, yeah, this is a, uh, it's funny stuff. Really, I, I love just going through the recommendations there. Like, this is a great idea. Uh, alarm clock. So remember, we always wanted an alarm clock that you'd have to get out of bed to use it. So this one's such a simple idea. It's a mat that's an alarm clock. The only way to get it to shut off is to stand on it for 30 seconds. That's nice. So you get out of bed. It's your mat right on the side of your bed. You stand up for 30 seconds. After that, you're up already done. Yeah. I want to get it. Great doesn't excite me anymore. I what used to, it, in high school, that would have been perfect for me. But I don't use an alarm clock anymore. Oh, true. How's your sleeping schedule been? Uh, it's pretty good. I actually think I need to wake up earlier because there's just not enough time until I have to leave. What time uh, can you wake up? I, I, I have to be at the gym now at 9.45. I wake up at 7.30. It's not that much morning time. Right. But I meditate, I, you know, do whatever. And you've been going to sleep at 10? I've been going to sleep closer to 10.45. I've been getting in bed at 10.15. So I need to move that up to getting in bed at 9.30. Right. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. I've been waking up closer to 6.45 just because I had a busy week and I wanted to still get my meditation and everything in, which is nice. So at least I'm making sure that that's a priority, um, even when I have early things to do. Um, but I agree, like I want more morning time. It's great. There's nothing on the phone coming in. It's just good. Yeah, the morning time is the best. I want my, my whole day to be the morning. Every yeah. morning I'm in a rush because I'm reluctant to, to leave. What, do you, what else do you do in the morning? Uh, nothing, just various uh, work that I want to do. Well, I okay, I meditate. I have... Decided to get into coffee, but that's very, very new. And coffee, for coffee's sake, is a hobby. I'm going to have to figure something for the caffeine cycling. Uh, but I got myself a nice little one-cup uh, brewer that I, you know, take care over. I have to sit and brew for three and a, three and a half minutes to four minutes. Uh, so that takes up some of my morning time. It's an excellent procedure, and the, the coffee tastes good. And it's like a, it's a hobby for me. I'm continuously... 
trying to make a better and better cup of coffee. So I'm getting a grinder and I'm going to get coffee beans uh, on a subscription so that they're fresh. It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole ordeal, a whole hobby. Uh, so that takes yeah, a lot of people have that and people like it in the morning, they wake up, they are someone, someone was telling me their morning ritual, wake up, um, drink a glass of water, go get the newspaper, yeah. put it on, put, put it on their kitchen table, go to the coffee thing and turn it on shower and then come out and newspaper and coffee. Wow. Yeah, so I I drink a glass of water right when I get out of bed. I drink a glass of water. I uh, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, go back to my desk and write a little, uh, journal a little. That's the first then, thing you do. Oh, oh, sorry. I go back to my desk and meditate. And then after mm -hmm. meditating, I journal a little. Then I do some work and then I, I don't have my coffee right away. You don't have before the gym. Yeah, I guess, I guess in the, for the past few days I've been having it before the gym, which I guess is nice. Oh, another interesting thing that I started, uh, I only did it for one uh, lifting session so far because today wasn't a lifting day, but the targeted ketogenic diet. Which oh, is a little you ate the glucose having, before the lift. Having dextrose or glucose uh, 15 minutes before the lift. Right. So for now, I'm being very cautious. I'm only having five grams of dextrose. And I don't know if I want to have it pure yet. I tried having it with uh, coconut oil and a little, like, you know, 10 grams of protein powder. Where'd you purchase this dextrose from? Amazon. Right. Okay. With your and creatine. So just, no, I, I do creatine, creatine every morning in the afternoon, in the afternoon. Why? Um, one, I think it's better to have it with a meal. Uh -huh. And two, I never tried it, but people have said that, you know, just in case it makes you, your, your stomach a drop uncomfortable or something, or, you know, just not to have it before a lift. Right. But it could be fine. I just don't do it. And I have my fish oil. Also, I have my fish oil in the afternoon with my meal. So, you know, then at that point, I just have the creatine then as well. So you have your dextrose that you ordered from Amazon before the lifts. Do you notice anything? So it was only one workout. I did have a very good workout, but I had caffeine before that workout as well. I, it was like way, uh, you know, above and beyond what I had planned that day. I was just going to, you know, deadlift four sets and then do some some skill hand balancing which is also why i was hesitant about having uh you know ha having too much dextrose but i ended up doing like seven sets of deadlifts of uh five reps at 245 pounds 245 pounds wow interesting yeah so that's uh that's from uh keto gains you read the uh, the whole thing, the uh, community the, guidelines or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, I read I read a bunch. It's it somewhat bothers me that it's like not so scientific. I wanna, I know they can't measure exact glycogen uh, depletion. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let, I, I guess I'll just explain a little more about the the diet before I get too much into the science, or I'll explain mm -hmm. the science. So the idea is that. As we work out, we deplete glycogen, which is uh, a form of glucose that's stored in our muscles. And our muscles could function better when they're getting energy from glycogen as opposed to when they're getting energy from, uh, you know, fatty acids or ketones, at least in theory, uh, according to some people. So the idea is that if you have some glucose right before your workout, in addition to the glycogen stores that you have in your muscles, you have this additional glucose and it's important on the ketogenic diet because we're not having any carbs and so our glycogen stores could be low or it could get low and, and not replenish as fast as we would like. Right, and there's a Reddit community uh, that revolves around this idea called lean gains where they uh, outline this. Gains. I think it might be lean gains. Oh, lean gains is intermittent fasting and, uh, yeah. and it's keto gains. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time reading that also, but I, I was actually thinking about that recently, if I should start doing that. It's funny. 
Yeah, I think uh, it's also kind of good in a way because it forces you to have a good workout because otherwise there's sugar sitting in your system. So that's interesting. And then right. what bothers me is that I want a way to measure how much, like to scientifically measure how much glycogen I'm consuming during the workout, how much I'm depleting glycogen, and then I should have that that quantity of glucose. What if you tested your ketone level before and after? Wouldn't it wouldn't be wouldn't tell you? No, so that is definitely something I should do in general, like before and after, without having dextrose before the workout, and then before and after after um, having dextrose you know, having yeah. dextrose before the workout. And dextrose is the same thing as glucose. One of them is just like bonded to a water molecule or something, but they're they're uh, basically the same uh, chemical structure. The way that we uh, test the ketone levels is we prick our fingers and uh, squirt the blood out into some test strip. Um, so that we've been doing that also. But, but that's part of just getting more metrics, more data points. Yeah. So, and then I also have the way, a little way with the dextrose before the workout because whey also boosts insulin, which is not good for ketosis, but it's good for, for working out. And, How much uh, whey? I was having like 10 grams of whey or something, or maybe I only put five grams of whey. Just a little whey. I figured, uh, you know, I'm having the dextrose already. I might as well throw in a little protein and a little more uh, insulin. Into a smoothie with coconut and... Uh, yeah, well, it, yeah. it doesn't, it sounds delicious, but it didn't come out quite well. Yeah, with coconut oil and uh, cocoa powder. The cocoa powder is what made it not come out well. No, what made it not come out well is that I mixed it. I, I put it all in a bottle the night before without water and I refrigerated it. And then in the morning I was in a rush and I didn't take it out of the fridge early enough. So the coconut oil uh, was solid and wouldn't mix in. And then I, blender. Took it, I did have a blender, but I didn't blend it. And I don't know if blending it would have helped. It would have, it would have helped a little, but the coconut oil still was like solid chunks. I shook it in a blender bottle aggressively. So anyway, it was quite the disaster. The coconut oil was like solid. So I drank it and then like scooped out the rest just in case there was dextrose in there and just had it as solid chunks of coconut oil. Funny. But um, I, I planned to perfect that. Right. So before the workouts, that's cool. And that's every day though. Uh, so I also have refined my workout schedule. And now I lift five days a week and yoga uh, twice a week. So today was a yoga day. It, the Wednesday yoga class that I go to is really fantastic. And it's perfect for an off day from lifting. It's like more meditative and finding your place. And the instructor said today, rather than pushing your body until uh, you're at a place that you're not comfortable, just push your body into the pose until you find a place that you are comfortable. That, that like right. feels good. So don't go until it's bad. Go until it feels good. And then that's it. You're at a place that's good. Stay there. Right. And then right. feel the breathing in that pose. So it's very meditative, calm, respectful to the body, uh, exploratory. So it's really a fantastic class. And the instructor is like calm, relaxed, soft spoken. Right. Yeah. That's the kind I like also. Yeah. Um, interesting. And how's the uh, yearly theme, the year of learning? How's that been? Is that a, a daily part of your thought process? So lately I've been having to remind myself that it's my theme. Like I have to say, this is the semester of learning. I should probably, I think I should say it every day and it's like part of a repetition. Right. Um, I'm still a lot more organized and ahead on my work and whatever, but I'm not living by it anymore. And also I have projects, I guess I'm, I'm trying to do more now. So I've, I've added more things to do, so it's harder to stay on top of everything. Mm -hmm. But so I need a, I definitely need to, uh, you know, stick to that theme. I feel myself right. slipping, and I need to hold on to it. Right. Interesting, but it, but it's uh, helpful to have it. You think? Yeah, having that theme, it's so helpful because whenever I'm, you know, lost or or unfocused. I could tell myself this, this is the semester of learning. Like I have a clear goal, uh, that I could, that I could focus myself on. Right. 
I just one of my friends just texted me, uh, been doing the whole 30, um, about to go floating in the float tank. <laughs> so uh, the influence is uh, it's pervasive. Funny. Uh, he listens to the podcast or just you talk to him about it? In conversation, not on the podcast. Conversation. That's very funny. Yeah. Interesting. But, but, uh, and someone else that I, I was speaking to also told me that they've been, I think it's really uh, becoming popular now for people to be healthy and it's becoming so much more accessible. Yeah. Yeah. It's becoming more accessible because of information on the internet and because of products that, that uh, help us. It's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I had this week a very, very busy stretch, like as busy as stretches get for me with minimal free time. Um, and it was great. I loved it. Like, I, I had no time for any... I, I woke up very early, so I got my medication and my workout in and all that stuff. But, like, it was very, very busy, which I don't usually like. And it was really great. I didn't mind it at all. Did you feel then, more in control this time? Yeah. Yeah, like, I more in control. So I woke up this morning, and I wrote... Um, for the first time in five days, I have free time. It's exciting, but also scary. I want to maximize what do I accomplish in this free time. It's 9.36. I have three hours before I need to do whatever my next task was. Enough time to do a lot of cool things. And then I made a list of things I wanted to do and then ended up working straight through this morning. So that was a interesting change. Crazy. It's very funny. Yeah, I gave the uh, speech about the inspiration idea also this uh, this weekend. Oh, how, how was it? How did, how, what was the reception like? It was good. It was, it was a good speech. People seemed to like it. Um, it wasn't as humorous as I'm used to, which is interesting. Like I, I was able to see how dependent I am on laughter uh, as a metric when I'm speaking to know if people are following, you know, which is like, it, it's easy to give a speech. If people laugh, you know that people liked it, you know, whereas if you give something serious, it's harder to, to know exactly how it goes over, but I think it went over very well. Yeah, that's very interesting. The other, like, what are the other cues from the audience that they're engaged? They're there, you know, like eye contact and the level of quiet. And I, I think all the eyes were on me. I, you know, I was, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, to, to take them all in when. You could only search you know, one eye at a time, one pair of eyes at a time, whereas you could hear everyone laughing at once. Exactly. And I, uh, and I, before I got up to speak, I said that that was my goal. Like I, I had the speech that I wanted to give. I wrote up the whole speech word for word. And then, you know, I practiced it into the form that I, I wanted it to be. So it wasn't word for word, but it was like enough. And then I said, before I got up, I said, this is a collaborative process speaking. You have to respond to what you see. And, uh, you know, but still, it's, that's the biggest challenge of public speaking by far. Um, you know, like getting, getting caught into that pulse and then like staying in that sweet spot. I don't know, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then another yeah. exciting uh, development. So I'm, I'm rolling. So I, I had to back off my demand that I would take notes on my podcast because it was leading me nowhere. Um, I was just not listening to them. So I finished up my Japan history podcast, which was great. And then I'm starting to give classes on Megillat Esther, which is giving me the perfect opportunity to really delve into Assyrian, Babylonian, and Persian history. So a lot of Herodotus. Um, Carlin has a show on it. So I've been listening to tons of it and then reading also and preparing, which is great. Yeah. I think I think interest, uh, you know, maybe more interesting than taking notes the whole time as you listen is to just and it's it's very hard to do this as the as the consumer, but to just pause every once in a while and just reflect very briefly, you know, on what you just heard or consumed. Well, I think that giving the class is is the, your reflection. Uh, equivalent of of the note taking. Yeah. It's like, if you have to do something with the information after, then that's already going to force you to start to, you know, put that information in places for yourself where it's accessible and ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if, as you're listening, you're thinking about your class, then you're going to be mentally taking notes on, on what's useful for that, I guess. 
Right, exactly. So I think that that's also, I guess, why they say that people that like to learn should teach because it's a, uh, it just changes it to a much more active process. Yeah, I was. It's funny. I was speaking to a professor today, and and she said that, you know, to this very day, after years and years of teaching, she still can't believe that she she gets uh, paid to to do this. Like she gets paid to learn, which is just what she loves to do most. Mm. So I guess I was thinking like in my head and ask her, but I was thinking that, you know, you get paid to teach really. Uh, but right. I guess maybe teaching is, is part of, is part of what helps her learn and part of the learning process. And exactly. So Something like that's that. what she meant. Right. Exactly. So it's really cool. So that's, that's a way to, to put things into, uh, have you been going to office hours? Uh, not really. I've spoken to a few professors lately just because I had a need, but I did greatly enjoy speaking with all the ones that I chose to go and, uh, ask for, for assistance. Mm -hmm. And so I like, after visiting, I felt like, oh, I should speak to these people more often. They're great. Yeah, you should uh, schedule it in. We said that. I really should. I really should. Like I went and visited a, you know, a professor that I had, uh, you know, first semester freshman year, and it was great. And I didn't. I I guess I, maybe I'm very different from the other students here, and these were the professors that I, you know, connected with. I guess, but like they, I went to speak with one of them, and I, he, you know, like he remembered me, which was nice. Like, you know, he really right. So. Yeah. Aside for the benefit, there's so many benefits to it. The relationships could be extremely valuable, but but even more so, it, it, you could get set on a path of learning from all these people. You know, that it could be a, you know, once they're your teacher, once they could be your teacher for a long time. I feel like. Yeah. Exactly. All like all these people, I I went to speak with them, and you know, whatever I was speaking to them about, like they were able to to offer feedback and advice and like immediately uh, start teaching me more. Right. It's great. It really is finding a teacher is, uh, is a struggle for me. I don't have, uh, I guess on the internet now I have some teachers, but in real life fewer than I would like. Yeah. And it's also nice because it, it could give you a gauge of how you're doing. Like, you know, these are, these are people that the, the professors I was speaking to are the professors I connected with, obviously. And, and so I went to speak with them and I haven't spoken to them in a while. And I tell them how I'm doing and what's going on in my life. And to hear in, in my case, you know, you know, support and uh, support and excitement about what I was doing in the direction I'm going in, that was, you know, felt really good. And it was reassuring and comforting that I'm, I'm moving in a good direction. Like the people I consider my teachers, uh, agree with the path I'm taking. And if they disagreed with anything, you know, that was also useful. And now I got feedback like, oh, I thought this was a good idea. Uh, that's interesting feedback. Right. And these people you feel like are qualified to have opinions about the path that you should be taking. Well, yeah, the, the ones I like and not everything, you know, they're not obviously not qualified on everything, but I, I take what I, what I, you know, what I can from, from the interactions. Right. Very cool. Yeah, that's for sure. Something that you could, that you could be doing, should be doing, you know? Mm -hmm. What else yeah. has been going on? What I don't else? know. We, we, uh, this is a recap episode, right? We just, uh, tied up all the, the pieces. <laughs> yeah, my, the, my yeah. schedule, my schedule has been much less regimented than I initially envisioned. I guess that's what I would say about my schedule. Like it's more about the meditation I do every day. Um, the typing I do most days, but it doesn't have to happen at a certain time. Um, I finally finished the keyboard so I could really just be typing things. Um, the music, I haven't been doing music. Um, I'm not sure why I stopped doing it, but I, I've been, I haven't been doing that. Um, what else is on the schedule? It's been, I, I still know that there is a, a higher level, but it, this is something that's like a sustainable level, I guess, until I get the next, uh, the next boost um, to, you know, to ramp it up again. Yeah. So 
that's interesting. I don't think I don't know if you need to wait for the boost. Like you need the, the boost to really ramp it up all at once, but you could also make incremental changes. Like I I want to add introduce uh, music into my uh, into my schedule, and you know that's because I I played music with someone recently, and I in my with my very limited ability, I still really enjoyed it because I felt that you know I was like really had to tune into the to the music that was that was being played and you know find the the right sounds and you know whatever whatever playing music is really and so since yeah. then i've been thinking that i i should start playing the violin again and it's not really coming from you know a huge point of inspiration but i think it's an incremental enough change it's a small enough change that i don't need to be completely inspired to roll it out i could say okay it's a, I'm slightly inspired, right? Small inspiration, like you did with typing, right? Typing came from a, a point of, you know, not full inspiration, but, but some inspiration. True. And so you could search, for, constantly search for those, for those things. And it's not, yeah, I have plenty of inspiration for it. It's more like, I'm not, uh, I want it to get closer to being robot, like robotic, all of these things that they just happen, you know, without there being consistent battles about if they're going to happen or not. And just, and, and I want the schedule to, to, I think it needs to lay in time, but, but that's what I initially thought. Um, but I've kind of loosened on that. And like, as long as I know that I want to get these things done, like there are probably things that I want to do three days a week. Like why does music have to happen every day, you know? And then maybe I should be able to be flexible about when I do it as long as I hit the three days a week. You know what I'm saying? That's what I mean by more of flexibility yeah. unless I can inspire it to be. You want it to be more automated. Like you wake up and you meditate every morning. That's not even a decision. It's, it's, it's right. a way it's of automated. It's just how you live. Yeah. I, so I, I agree with that also. I, but the typing, like, I agree that it doesn't need to be on the schedule because it's hard to have it on the schedule. So I could do it at night as, as long as I do it that day. You know, like maybe there's more like as long as by the end of the week I do three times, then that's good. You know, like. It, but, it's, it, but then you have to deal with the decisions on a day to day basis, which is what we're trying to minimize. Right. But. So one part of me wants to have the no decisions completely automated, bound in time. And then another part of me knows that I just maybe react better to having more of that flexibility, or maybe I need that flexibility because of work or whatever the reason is, you know, and that there's ways to get things done without it being um, automated and bound. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, there there are ways to, to get it done, but it, I think it, it takes up, uh, it just comes at a higher cost. And so if you can't fit it into your schedule uh, on a, in, a, in a rigid way, then this action now comes at a higher cost and you, you know, I still think all everything I, I'm doing that's not scheduled is, is beneficial enough that it still outweighs that higher cost. But if you become, if you find a way to schedule in things that, you know, the decision, decision making cost is not worth, but if you could just put it into your schedule, it is worth it. That's interesting, right? It could, it could bring in all the small things. What percent like of I, every day is scheduled? Like I never schedule 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Rarely. And and maybe that could be. That is a huge block of time. Yeah, very little of it is scheduled. The problem is the tasks are always changing. It's it's really difficult to make a schedule. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Things that I'm trying to say. That your, your workflow changes. You have different responsibilities that come up. It's very hard. The morning hours seem to be the only ones that could really be scheduled because it's impossible to have a different responsibility in those hours. Maybe we could cut out excess time, right? Like not cut out our excess time. Take a chunk of time that's way more than necessary for what could come up for a, and not a specific task for a field, right? Like you have hours for work and obviously we could make this more specific, but your hours for work you could set them to be more than necessary for work on, you know, 95% of days. And then if you finish early, then you have time that you need to read a lot. But take the things that you want to schedule and set more than enough time aside for them very generically because you don't know what's going to fit those times. And then if you have free time, then fill the holes on a day-to-day -day basis. 
So like I could, for my, for my classes, it could work well. I could say, okay, this time is when you do work for this class. Right. And that would be hard because I don't know how much time each task is going to take. But if I set up, set aside enough time that it doesn't matter what the task is. Right. And then you have to have the patience to have that outstanding thing on your to-do oh, list yeah. and, and wait until it comes, you know? Yeah, but that might be better than the alternative. Probably is better. The alternative is having empty space on my calendar and then me having to go and insert in when I'm ready to do it, the work. Right. Yeah, it's really, it, it, it just shows how much, um, like how far perfection is from where I'm at, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. Like if I, if I was a robot, right, and was just able to like draw everything up and then have it executed, you know, in a year, miles and miles and miles ahead of where I will end up, I think. Yeah. But maybe not, because maybe it lacks the flexibility to respond and react, and that's important. Also, you have to take into account that our, our brains uh, don't have infinite stamina. Right, and that's right. what all of this is about. That's what we're we're trying to optimize. Right, like we wouldn't even know how to draw it up on paper. But but yeah. what I'm saying is that there's the path is in the process of being. Maybe I maybe I overreact in in uh, in terms of changing the path, but it's it feels like the the path is is very open ended. And part of what I'm doing is navigating. A big part of what I'm doing is navigating, yeah. doing something and then seeing how it feels to do that something and then deciding if I want more of that something in my life or less of that something in my life. Whereas if I set it up on uh, auto, whatever, I could end up, you know, not where I want to be. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just uh, maybe it's distracting to be trying to navigate at the same time as trying to move. Yeah. So. It's interesting. Uh, an interesting analogy came to my mind. It's like I, I would say you, you said navigating, and so it made me think of you know like a ship navigating the seas. And if, a, if the captain's at the wheel, he could be constantly adjusting the wheel. Uh, in which case, it's very demanding, and make sure he stays on a perfect line. Or he could set the course, and then in a few hours or even in a few days, adjust the course to make up for, for what went wrong. And it would be a lot, lot, a lot easier. And so I guess something that we do is, uh, both of us, I guess, tend to do, is that we're questioning our schedule or restructuring our schedule very frequently. Like every day, I'm you know, reconsidering how could I optimize things every week, whereas Maybe, and like I tend to see this on the internet, you know, people talking about this, but I don't fully understand. There are people that just say like, yeah, I did this, you know, for, for three months and, you know, and they did it on like such a basic level, but they just stuck with it for three months without making changes. And now I'm, I'm looking to, to optimize. And that seems so foreign because like I try to optimize right away. Like the second I get into a new hobby, I'm trying to perfect. So yeah, here. So maybe maybe that's a flaw with with the. It's with definitely my somewhat of a flaw. Like I always say that to people, like, oh, but I don't know what I want to do. It's like, okay, but you're gonna spend the next year trying to figure out what you want to do and not be any closer. Like, just move, and just put, put your head you'll down. you'll wake up in a year in a better place where you'll have more destinations. Also, you don't know. Yeah, I guess it's every time you make a little progress, though the landscape does change and you do become aware of things. So there is, you know, you do, that's what I was saying. That guy saying that you should be evaluating every hour and you were disagreeing and, and maybe you should, or maybe you shouldn't be evaluating every hour, you know, that there is or every day or how too frequently, how frequently should you be evaluating and, and correcting? It's a good question. Yeah. I, I remember in, uh, I don't know if this is actually true, but, when I was young and playing baseball, like they would tell us, run with your head down when you're after you hit the ball. Uh, and I guess that's really you run fastest. And like 
that's it. You've identified a task. You don't need to keep looking around. Just run. Right. And it's a, just another analogy that says the same thing. Yeah, or if you haven't identified the right task, you know? Th then that's, that's a problem. But, right. but choose a task that you, you know, if you're not going to be able to identify the right task easily. So, and thinking, like you said, thinking about it for the, for the next year is not going to bring you closer. So ra rather than just think about it, actually, you know, do something, experiment, try something out for three months and then think about it with a fresh perspective. Right. Yeah, there has to be some amount of lowering your head and it could be in there's versions of it and and uh and it's a balance you know like there's not i don't know yeah you definitely hear both sides that you you know you hear people say like oh you're doing something but you're not doing the right thing it's you're not working smart you know or the other side that you're like that we just argued yeah i think we have to end this now my schedule is is restricting <laughs> it's good so it'll, it'll be flat at an hour but we uh, did a lot of recap which was very nice yeah exactly another uh health health focused and we had uh, interesting ideas in here as well so yeah i think it was it was very good all right cool so uh thanks for joining us for another episode of the cool. cold punch <laughs>